When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Go behind the wheel, under the hood, and beyond with Car Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hi, and welcome to Car Stuff. I'm Scott. I'm Ben. We are joined by our super producer. Uh, let's see. Let's, uh, let's, let's think carefully. Well, his name is Dylan. Yeah, yeah. Dylan Fagan. But uh, we are going to maybe come back and find a yeah. nickname. Is there anything, do you think, that could rhyme with Dylan today in today's episode? I don't know. Chilling. I thought the same thing, but it doesn't really go with our episode. We'd have to shoehorn that one in. No, yeah, we, we would. Because we're going to talk about, uh, well... Car recycling today. Mm-hmm. Maybe uh, my segue for uh, my segue setup for that was like perhaps we should recycle a nickname. I thought it was so. I thought it was clever, but it's nowhere near as clever as the actual process of recycling a car. Which you know many people may not know. This is this is kind of a common thing. Yeah, it's uh, it's way more common than I thought. I, mm-hmm. I knew there was. You know, little bits of this happening. Of course, metal is is valuable, uh, but there's way more than just that going on. And, yeah. And way uh, way more cars are are um, so I don't should we say subjected? Probably not subjected to this. Car, <laughs> way more cars are are finding themselves in the grasp of recyclers at the end of their life. Right. Yeah. It turns out that cars are one of the most recycled products in the states. Yeah. Who would have guessed this? So here's the, I find this number hard to believe because I, I guess this is, this world is just kind of beyond me a, a little bit because I see scrapyards around. Right. I see places that you know like pull apart places mm-hmm. where you can go and get used parts. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that there are you know people that find value in in certain things. You know they collect a bunch of it and then sell it to somebody else. I, I get all that, but. I had no idea this number was so big. There's a claim that 95% of today's automobiles go through the recycling process in some way when they're done. Now, 95%. you got to be careful, though, Scott, because in some way is, uh, is, is a heck of a caveat. Okay, so maybe they're just taking pieces of that car, not the whole thing, right? Right. Like, my question would be, is it just 
uh, recycled steel, or is it? Uh, are they just taking the tires off? It well, could be either of those. Yeah, okay, and also there, there are 12 million vehicles here in the United States alone that are scrapped every single year. Yep. So that's a huge industry, a big a big chunk of cars, and a lot of people uh, as well are involved in this. So there, I think it's something like 140,000 jobs here in the United States alone uh, are are somehow related to automotive re- or automobile parts recycling or materials recycling. Yeah, this is a 32 billion dollar industry huge huge annually that's annually yeah yeah that's not um, the whole thing well yeah i guess you would always say every that, year of course um so this this is significant because scott you already mentioned one of the crown jewels of the automotive recycling business which is of course the steel right oh yeah steel's big we're talking 18 million tons more more than 18 million tons uh each year yeah so again. so again 36 billion pounds, if you want to look at it that way, mm-hmm. of steel is coming out of scrap vehicles every single year. And I, I guess you know some of that is because older cars have a lot of steel in them. Oh, yeah. Um, a lot more than modern cars, I suppose, oh, you know, sure. with some, some of the newer materials, a lot of plastics, a lot of, um, well, different metals, you know, mm-hmm. aluminum, as we'll find out later. But, um, you know, the older cars have a ton of steel in them, <laughs> tons of steel in them, as a matter of fact, which uh, <laughs> which makes sense, I guess, when you talk about, what, 12, what did I say, 12 million vehicles each year? Yeah. If, if each one of those, let's say they were weigh one and a half tons each, mm-hmm. uh, but that's not likely. But let's, let's say it's an average. That's a lot of steel and material coming out of uh, just one year's production or one year's harvest, I guess, of automobiles. The waste adds up to uh, pretty quickly. So steel recycling is one of the first steps in this process when it's appropriate, and it has a very important set of benefits. First, you can melt down and reuse steel without losing performance. Ah, so it doesn't become a weaker metal right. if you melt it down. Got mm-hmm. it. And then you also have a lower environmental impact because if you're just making steel, you have to first find the iron ore and then mine it and yeah. then process it. And then if you already have steel that you can just reuse, uh, you're going to reduce water pollution by an estimated 76%, air pollution by 86%. All right, so I found some numbers here in, in another source, and we're, we're yeah. going through a bunch of different places yeah, here, yeah. but um, from the Automotive Recyclers Association, and they claim that every ton of new steel made from scrap metal steel conserves, get this, 2,500 pounds of iron ore, 1,400 pounds of coal, and 120 pounds of limestone, because those are what's consumed in the process of making just one ton of steel versus just reusing one ton of steel, I guess, from, from you know, it's already out there. Man, I, I hate wasting limestone. <laughs> you know, that's it's you know, it's a it's, it's, big issue Well, it's, it's important, you know. Uh, you Talk right. to somebody in Indiana about limestone. They're, uh, big, that's where some of the big quarries are there. Uh-huh. But uh, but I thought that was interesting. It, it comes out to weigh more than 2,000 pounds, of course. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, huge benefits. Right, yeah. It's, it's a win-win when you think about it. Definitely in the steel, uh, in, in the aspect of steel. I do want to point you all to our older podcast where we talked about all of the various materials that are made, you know, that are inside your vehicle, whether it's a truck, an SUV, a sedan, it's going to have a, um, just this huge agglomeration of stuff you didn't even think about. Like when we did new car smell, uh, which was kind of a tough one to do because there's some tongue twisters once you get into the chemistry. Yeah, a lot of chemicals there. A lot of chemicals. Um, it's not like recycling a paper cup 
or a can of soda. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's so many elements to these things that they have to be separated, torn apart in some way, um, that it makes it really a complex thing to do. And but, but here's the crazy part about this, is that if you take a vehicle into a scrapyard, somewhere that's going to strip this vehicle and make it ready for recycling, you know, all the different components. Yeah, yeah. They claim that 86% of a, ve- of a vehicle can be reused. 86%? That's a huge percentage of a car. I mean, I had no idea. I felt I felt like most of that was going to end up in a, a landfill somewhere. Mm-hmm. turns out there's only about 14% that does go to a landfill in some way. Um, maybe we'll talk about what happens to that stuff later and, yeah. and what that consists of, because it's, it's kind of surprising, some of the things. For sure. Uh, so we mentioned tires before. Uh, we're looking at... In this in this country it may differ if you live somewhere else. A hundred million tires are recycled each year, and you've probably seen something like this before, right? You've seen the uh, the kind of soft, spongy playground surface. Oh yeah, I like those. That's pretty in now. I, I wish th- they had that when I was a kid. I mean, it would have prevented a lot of injuries on my part. Oh yeah. yeah, oh yeah. But also, just on a side note, I feel like. In our younger days, the playground areas were better because, well, there was more potential to get hurt, but there was also more fun stuff to do. Oh, yeah. You had those uh, what, what three or four story tall metal slides that got up to about 200 degrees when the sun was out. Oh, yeah, remember yeah. Those? And do you remember those domes that were uh, that you could climb on? They were like oh, metal yeah. bars arranged in, in oh, sure, like the yeah. top half like, of the like, dome. Was that like Thunderdome, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that stuff was cool. And I'm sure some people got gravely injured on those things. <laughs> I'm sure. And those are probably still hanging out somewhere in some small town somewhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah I agree. We, we, should, we should get together and reminisce about old playgrounds someday, Ben, because uh, there's some... There's some, like, <laughs> I'll call it killer equipment, but I don't mean that in in the bad way. But there was some really cool stuff that I remember from being a kid that I just don't see on modern playgrounds now. Oh, yeah. I absolutely. mean, you mentioned a couple right there, but yeah. uh, there's way more. Oh, yeah. But we can agree that one of the improvements would be the tire thing. <laughs> okay. You, you brought it back. Yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> Yeah, the tires and the uh, and that that spongy material that the kids then play on, I guess. Yeah, and it's interesting because, you know, originally when I would think about recycling tires, I would have a hard time coming up with a use for them. You know, but that that's a pretty effective one. Uh, they yeah. also use garden mulch. You know what? Mm. I'm gonna I'm gonna butt in here for just a yeah. second and and make this observation. I guess is that how many piles of tires do you also see sitting around that aren't being recycled yeah i mean so if 100 million each year are recycled what 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 is the real number like how many tires are we going through every year that's that's got to be a, a, just an incredible number yeah it's got to be insane because you know every every small town that i've been to every town in general is usually going to have one place that's just a there's just a tire guy yeah, at the yeah. city dump or maybe even just outside of the city dump. It just piles and piles of tires. And, uh, you know, I'm going to be honest. I was, I was broke in college before. So I definitely had those moments where I would go to, uh, my local tire guy out in Stockbridge, Georgia and say, you know, uh, say like, Hey man, I know this is not a good decision, but I just need to buy one tire, ah. which you should never do. Buy one used tire. I, one used tire, please. Now, I'm, I'm, I'll probably shock you with this, but uh, it's probably been less than two years ago that I purchased 
maybe two used tires or four used tires. I uh, I'm, I'm a, uh, I was a big fan of used tires for a long time because I was chewing through them so fast. Oh yeah, in my yeah. other car. Uh-huh. And uh, and I know that that's a little bit counterintuitive. Like you should just buy the new ones and they last longer, etc. But uh, they were so cheap, and they always <laughs> and you know if you if you really look at them and uh, and inspect them ahead of time, uh, man, it seems like for the most part you're getting a, a decent deal as long as. Not not every time. I, not I, every no, there've been there've been a few, you know, close calls. I guess where I nearly had you know the ba- the bad set of tires put on, and I discovered like some some dry rot or something on them. But, oh yeah. Um, but for the most part, if you really check them out and, and inspect them before that, uh, sometimes you can get a decent deal. You know that. Yeah, you gotta you gotta look at them closely. And plus, personally, I would always rather go to the small business um, rather than you know, NTB or something, which is not to say there's anything wrong with them at all. And especially if your tire blows out by an NTB, just go in. I, I guess. I just couldn't stomach paying, you know, $800 for a, a set of tires for my, my Honda Civic. It, yeah. just, it was tough. Yeah, I mean, man. maybe current vehicle, maybe, but uh, it was it was a tough one to, uh, to take. So anyways, I, I, again, I've derailed us. Let's oh, no, no, because there's a good point here. What's that? Uh, you're making a good point when we're talking about used tires and new tires. Those $800 tires may actually be composed of recycled tires. Oh, yeah, that's good Because they use the old, they, you know, they use the material to make new tires at times. Sure. Yeah, it's possible. It's possible. So, uh, anyways, yeah. it's, it's, it's cutting the solid waste and, and material that normally goes to a landfill. Right. That's the, uh, the underlying... That's absolutely story it. here, and the most uh, recycled item on not just the car, but one of the most recycled items in the United States. You can probably guess because we have the same notes. You know what? I will guess, but uh, how about we do that after we take a short break from our sponsor? The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at the Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to Bring out the most in our patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day Savings Event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in-store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See homedepot.com delivery for details. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. Oh, such a clutch pickup, Dave. I know, right? I was worried we'd bring back the same team. Oh, no, I meant those blackout motorized shades. MVP of the room. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. Even you could do it. Nice. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. You fly across the country to do the install? Nope. Blinds.com can do it all. All she had to do was pick what she wanted. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Look at you, Hall of Fame son. Oh, I just picked the winning team. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Oh, Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. He shoots. He scores. 
Go to Blinds.com for up to 45% off and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go right now for up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. And we're back. Scott, have you been stalling during the ad break? <laughs> yeah, I had a lot of research to do during the uh, during the break, and... Uh, this one doesn't surprise me, not one bit. Me neither, man. Uh, it's car batteries and the old lead acid car batteries, and and mm-hmm. I'll tell you why I think this this is the case. My gut feeling on this is because there's always a core charge when you buy a new battery. Absolutely, I was going to say the same thing. It's in the price. It, it has to be that. I mean, because I mean, every single time I get a car battery, you know, whenever that is, I purchase a new one. I always bring the older one back, you know, for it, as long as it's not a brand new purchase for a vehicle that doesn't have a battery. Mm-hmm. Of course, there's a core charge built in there, like a twenty or thirty dollar charge, and of course, you're going to go back to the store and get that. And I think that's what ev- the way everybody feels. That's why it's something like ninety nine percent of all car batteries are recycled. Yeah, and it's interesting to see how this is broken down uh, so you can melt down the lead itself and reuse it similar you know to the process with steel you can recycle the plastics uh, the way you would recycle a normal plastic but the sulfuric acid is the interesting part here yeah they have an, an unusual use for that don't they something I, I never expected I had no clue yeah, yeah, pretty strange. So it can be uh, neutralized, or it can be converted into a material that they use in laundry detergents. Which I, I mean, I guess I knew there were sulfur. There was sulfur in, uh, you know, laundry detergent, but I had no idea that they could use it from an old battery. They could neutralize the acid and, mm-hmm. and use that in the laundry uh, laundry detergent industry. Mm-hmm. Interesting, really clever. Uh, another point lending itself to the ease of battery recycling is that despite being composed of these multiple materials that need a different recycling process, the recycling centers are going to treat it like just one thing. So, you know, you don't have to divide up the plastic and the metal yourself. Oh, and that's also, true. you shouldn't. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> hey, by it. the way, do you ever get battery acid on your clothes or your hands or anything like that? I yeah, mean, I had in the past. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you just casually or inadvertently wipe a little bit of it from your fingertip onto your pants or something, and then a day later, there's a hole in your pants. Yeah. It's, it's terrible. It's, it's awful stuff. It's it really is. Business. So don't mess around with that battery acid. But what if, what if they didn't completely neutralize it, Ben, when they, t- they sent it off to the, uh, the detergent? Uh, factory or whatever, and, and they get mixed would, in, and the <laughs> your laundry would just disappear. <laughs> yeah, you'd you'd start a load of laundry. And <laughs> that's a funny thought. You you pour it in the uh, in the washing machine, and then you come back and like, wait a minute, that's a pretty good prank. Actually, <laughs> it's yeah. brutal. Yeah, it's really brutal. Um, I wonder. We should experiment and see if that would work. Yeah, it'd be. Uh, well, you'd have to use an awful lot of acid. I think we could be onto something. Yeah, maybe. What destroying washing machines? Oh, yeah, I guess it would mess up the machine, yeah. too. You'd have to, uh, well, you'd have to carefully plan this one. I mean, really carefully. We're going to have to put some time into this. Yeah. We need to, we'll have a, we'll have a meeting after this. Well, but you know what, Ben? Okay, so we're talking about the old style batteries, the lead acid batteries. Right. What, yeah. what about new batteries? Because you have a, you have a hybrid. And yeah. And eventually I do. this is going to come up at, I mean, at some point. I hate, hate to break mm-hmm. it to you. Yeah. Uh, 
It's you already know true. that. Yeah. Eventually, all batteries go to heaven. Yeah. Yeah. And so in the case of, uh, you know, hybrid or EVs, um, well, there's a, there's a different way of handling these things. Right. So automotive recycling efforts are still keeping pace with this tremendous growth in electric vehicle batteries and in hybrids. So even when these batteries don't work for the purpose of powering a vehicle, which, you know, is a pretty substantial load, uh, they can still be used to store energy uh, for some other interesting purposes. And you've looked into this a little bit. Yeah, I did. In fact, uh, I found a link to an article that was pretty interesting because in uh, Yellowstone National Park, just uh, I think it was in, back in 2015, early, the early part of 2015, uh, there was a, an initiative to power, they, they worked with Toyota, to power one of the ranger stations. And I'll, I'll tell you about this in just a second. It's, it's fascinating how it, how, how it happened, or how it came about, I guess. So, you know, Toyota on its own has kind of their own recycling battery program in place, but they're trying to, they're trying to find a way to um, get more out of those batteries once the, uh, you know, the, uh, I guess the viable life cycle, or how, how, what's the best way to say that maybe? Once they're, they're done serving their purpose for, you know, the automotive world. Yeah. Um, well, this initiative... It, it, again, it was a, a partnership between Toyota and Yellowstone National Park, and it, it began with this this ranger station that's way out in the middle of nowhere. It's a station that's been around for a long, long time. It, it was um, the, the the ranch itself was founded in 1907, mm-hmm. and all the way up until this point, it either had no electricity, you know, no power at all, or it ran via generator. So they were trying to find a way to uh, you know to power this without running power lines this this long, long distance out to this ranch. And, oh, by the way, it's called the Lamar Buffalo Ranch, if you want to look it up. Mm-hmm. And the idea then was that they were going to install solar panels on the uh, on, on this ranch, and they were going to use that to gather electricity and then store it in 208 used Camry hybrid batteries. So there's 208 used car batteries that are there that they uh, they used to just kind of store every single day from you know the the sun's power, mm-hmm. and then they use that to power these five buildings. Now you would think that you know it's an awful lot of batteries. Is, is it an efficient system? Well, apparently it's enough that to run uh, to to charge or produce enough power, I should say, mm-hmm. to produce enough power to power six average American households every year. Yeah, 68,000 kilowatts of power annually. Yeah, I hope I said that the right way. But it's, it's like, well, it's six times the power you need for one home, but this yeah. ranch has multiple buildings. I think it has five buildings. Well, they're still coming out ahead because well, they've got five buildings, and, six households. And they're off the grid. This is this is completely solar-powered. So it's it's really, it's actually a pretty good solution. I haven't heard of anything like this in the past, but I think there is now um, one building at the GM Milford Proving Grounds in Michigan uh, that does the exact same thing for uh, with using Chevrolet Volt batteries. Uh, yeah. You know, old, expired Chevrolet Volt, Volt batteries. So um, interesting ideas. I, I just thought it's, it's a clever thing to do, and if, if this kind of works its way to, you know, the average consumer, I guess, you know, like it, it's, it might be an initial expense, you know, to purchase the solar panels and, you know, the kit, I guess. Yeah. These old used batteries, but they're no good for cars anymore, so... Uh, really, the only application at that point would be for something like this. You know what else is pretty cool that uh, General Motors is also doing? They're uh, working on, or they were working on, a prototype of this for home use. So imagine a world, if you will, when you, I guess, retire your fourth Chevy Volt battery or whatever. This is far in the future <laughs> yeah. at this point. Or you get a good deal 
on some used batteries. Yeah, truckload of batteries. And then, you know, you call your power company and say, see you later, bozos. I'm off the grid. Wow. You know what? But, okay, so this one, uh, this this ranch, it required 208. Yeah, that, so, it's a lot. Yeah, it is a lot. I mean, I, don't, I think I just, that's why they're still working on a prototype. Yeah, I think that's probably the case. And, uh, you know, of course, Toyota and... and um, Yellowstone National Park, they probably got a few dollars to throw at this kind of project. So Also, uh, don't call people bozos, in case we need to say that. <laughs> it works for you around the office. I don't know. I think that's going to come back to bite me, man. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. But, but you know, as we stated early on, these are these are different. I mean, they're they're kind of, um, if, you're, if you're trying to recycle them. Yeah. Because they have different materials. They're, of course, lithium ion or they're nickel metal hydride. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's... it's it, I guess it's maybe more complex in the way that they have to do this because they have to dismantle them in a different way. And uh, and each one is a little bit different than the other one. It's not like, you know, the old lead-acid batteries where it's pretty much standard all the way across. You know, they're all kind of the same. It doesn't matter if it's, you know, a battery from, um, you know... Exide, or who, it doesn't matter who it is, really. Right. Duracell, they're all going to have the same basic structure. When you get to these these uh, these hybrid and EV battery packs, they're all a little bit different. Right, because it's a newer technology. We haven't nailed down a, a, a standard, really, in many ways. And this is a global thing because recycling batteries is a legal mandate in a lot of Europe and in Asia. So and they're getting close to like establishing those standards. By the way, right, we should should right. mention that is that they're trying. They're trying yeah, to get that in place. They're on and, the way, and and not only just the standards, you know, for the way that they're, I guess, built. Which I don't know. That's that, that seems like that's something that the auto industry itself left to, to hash out. But uh, what we're talking about is the way that they recycle them. The the industry standards for the way they recycle that product. Mm-hmm. And also, here's here's another point. And to me, this gets. Uh, this gets into international economics. This th- there is a uh, crucial global issue uh, that lurks inside so many EV batteries. Is that right? What is it? You've heard of rare earth metals. Yes. Uh, they're they're a profoundly important resource for our way of life. I mean, man, we're on the internet. You have to have a computer. To, to hang out or a phone or some some device, right? Sure. And these devices need stuff like dysprosium. These rare earth metals are tough to find. They're expensive uh, to, you know, to process. And they can also do a, a lot of harm to the environment if you're, you know, it, you wouldn't want one of these mines in your backyard. No, you wouldn't want like a neodymium mine uh, right outside of your back door because uh, there, there could be some harm that comes from right, that. But, right. Uh, but but the way that they handle them is safe, and then they get them back to a place where they can be used again. Mm-hmm. And it, it just it really does work out. I mean, um, it works out really well, and, and I'm glad that they're making a push to get. Uh, you know, the EV and hybrid batteries situation more standardized, I guess, you know, so that maybe, maybe at some, at some point, you know, they will be, or they will have numbers a lot like the lead acid batteries too, you know, when the 99% yeah. are recycled. Because it'll be in the, it'll be in the price. Yeah. <laughs> so that's how they oh, get you. I, I feel like it's already in the price. Those are super <laughs> expensive, but I wonder, I wonder what a core charge would be on a, uh, on a, a lithium ion battery for an EV. You know, it's, it's good that you mentioned that because that is still the, um, not quite the holy grail, but that's the next big challenge people are still working on. People much, much more intelligent than I am are still working on how, 
the best way to break down a lithium ion battery and retrieve the lithium. Yeah, you know what? And and this is maybe going just past the uh, the battery thing now. Sure, sure. Um, wasn't there a time not long ago when people were stealing catalytic converters from cars because there's uh, some some rare material inside of them? Yeah, and it was easy for them to get underneath, you know, some of the bigger SUVs and and bigger trucks and and steal those. Just infuriating the people that that own those vehicles because uh, some of these are thousands of dollars, and and it, you know they they scrap them and they get this this precious metal I think it was that's inside inside those you know whatever that small little bit is, but the the component as a whole is worth more than that, of course. Yeah, I think it's uh it it may be more than one thing. I know platinum is in there. Platinum is yeah. part of it. That was it. Yeah, I think that was the one I'm thinking of, and and so the amount of platinum that they scavenge from it is nowhere near worth you know let's say. Seventeen hundred dollars that the you know, the catalytic converter costs the owner to replace, mm-hmm. and you have to have it in place for you know the emissions testing in a lot of cities and, and yeah. outlying areas, I guess even. So uh, what a, what a frustrating situation that was. But you know it's like uh, it's like urban recycling. I don't know, or gorilla recycling. Gorilla recycling. <laughs> I'm not a thief, Your Honor. Yeah, is that even now? Maybe I'm a I've, gorilla recycler. Maybe I've misused the term. I don't know. That's a, <laughs> I, there, there's something there. there. Okay, you know what it is? It's theft. There you go. How about that theft? I like gorilla recycling. Yeah, that's <laughs> a little better. I guess. <laughs> I, I'm a fan of that one. Uh, all right. So obviously there are a couple of obviously there there are two or three large compelling factors here, uh, and the reason I say it's a win-win is because you know yes it's better for the environment, and there are a lot of people who will probably say ah eh, that's okay but. That doesn't really affect me as much. Mm-hmm. And that's where the second reason comes in. It's much more practical for you. Uh, if these cars were not recycled, then they would literally pile up. And we've all seen scrapyards. I'm a huge fan of them, um, but I don't want the country to turn into one. You know, yeah. oh, I feel the same way. I, I love walking around junkyards. I mean, it's it's one of my favorite things to do, really. Yeah, um, I just anytime I see one, I, my I crane my neck to to peek at what's at the back of the yard. You know, because that's usually where the interesting stuff is. Yeah, it's the good I stuff. Just, yeah, I, I just I have a fun time walking around them and, and enjoy that. But um, I, I know that if we don't do this, you know, if we don't consume some of that that product that's you know going into those every year, uh, it would just grow out of control, like you say. It would just it, the country would turn into a junkyard, and that's that's true for every country, really. They they all do this in some form, you know, whether it's right. it's to the extent that we do or Europe does, uh, that may not be the case, but um, in some form or in some way, they have to get rid of that product so that you know it doesn't just again pile up and and lead to you know no open space. Right, and you can see this stuff being repurposed all the time. I was thinking of the example of I mean, reusing a vehicle is also a form of recycling it, I guess. So think of all those Bluebird school buses that have been converted. We were talking about this off-air earlier this week. Um, there's a place where I used to do comedy shows at, and I might still do them there every so often, uh, that... It's kind of a, a hippie community, just to be honest with you. No, not, I'm not saying that I have any disrespect to those people. It's just an observation, and I think they would agree with it. One of my favorite play, things about this compound is when you walk in, there's this grounded school bus immediately to the left of this gate. And uh, 
the school bus has turned into a shotgun apartment. And every time I've been there, you know, for a while, it'd be like every few months or so, there's been someone else living there. And uh, I've been inside the place. It was kind of neat. Not exactly my scene. I'm going to be so honest. It's just like you can come there and squat on the property for a while. And, uh, and then move on. It's probably something that the owner allows, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And there, there are ways to, uh, there, there have been plans before to repurpose, um, non-drivable buses into, you know, homeless shelters or yeah. stuff like that. It's, it's interesting too, you know, when you see human beings are ingenious, you know, so it's interesting when we see all the various different kind of MacGyver-esque uses people find for these old vehicles. Yeah, chicken coops or whatever it happens to be. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a, that's that, that's clear. I'd like to see that uh, that bus someday. You've, you've mentioned this a couple of times, I think even on this podcast a couple of times. It's kind of dirty. <laughs> okay, maybe I don't want to see it then. I've, I've seen homes made out of buses before, you know, that are actually, you know, still rolling. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, more like an apartment rather than, or, you know, less like an RV, but more like an apartment, I guess. Right. Um, I, uh, anyway, so let's, or let's shipping let's, containers. You know what? I, I've got a whole list here of um, of automotive recycling facts and figures, but I think maybe we should take another break and hear from our sponsor once again. The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at the Home Depot, you could give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to Bring out the most in our patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day Savings Event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in-store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Oh, it's such a clutch pickup, Dave. I know, right? I was worried we'd bring back the same team. Oh, no, I meant those blackout motorized shades. MVP of the room. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. Even you could do it. Nice. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. What, you fly across the country to do the install? Nope. Blinds.com can do it all. All she had to do was pick what she wanted. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Look at you, Hall of Fame son. Oh, I just picked the winning team. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Oh, Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. He shoots. He scores. Go to Blinds.com for up to 45% off and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go right now for up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. And we're back. Facts. 
Figures. Facts and figures. Facts and figures. Now these come from okay, these come from a place called thebalance.com. Now I I can't really verify any of these numbers because when I looked around for, you know, numbers that match in other sources. Sure, of course. They were all just a little bit off. And I'll I'll try to make note when that happens, but you know, at a point it gets just to be too much. So here's here's you know my my uh, I guess my disclaimer here at the beginning is All that, right. um, like, just for instance, the, one of the sites that we uh, we use for this information was called Earth Nine One One, and that site says that eighty six percent of a vehicle can be reused. This one says eighty percent. So you're going to find that percentages are off a little bit, but they're pretty close. It's not it's not exact. And there's other numbers, you know, like the the number of people that are involved in the industry, et cetera. You know, it's off by a few thousand. You know. Between the different sources, and it's not just these two, by the way. There's several that are, that are kind of in the ballpark. But we're just going to go with this list because it had some interesting stuff to say. Know that the numbers may be just a little bit off. Yeah. All right. So I'm not going to go through every one of these. A lot of them we've already covered. Um, but some of these facts and figures are, are pretty fascinating, I think. Um, uh, first, I think it's one that you already said, that automobiles are the most recycled consumer product in the world today, which I was just shocked by that. I said in the U.S. Oh, this is in the world. Holy smokes. Well, see, maybe that's a little discrepancy. Oh. U.S. versus world. No, I'm just kidding. That's <laughs> right. It probably is in the world, really. Yeah, and, that's I mean, amazing. It's huge into this. All right, so the, the car recycling industry is the 16th largest industry in the entire United States, which I thought was pretty interesting as well. There's a lot of that's fascinating surprising. stuff in here. Yeah. $25 billion per year is contributed to the national GDP, and the automotive recycling industry employs around 100,000. See, that's another number. I, I think it's about 140,000, and uh, and about 32 billion dollars a year is generated by this. Uh, there's around 7,000 vehicle recycling facilities around just the United States alone. 7,000 around the United States, but that, I guess that makes sense because every little town you drive through, there's going to be, um, you know, the the, uh, the metal recycling facility. There's going to be uh, the tire place mm-hmm. that you talked about. Yep. Maybe a glass shop somewhere that you know takes takes old glass. Um, all right, here's another one. The current international automotive recycling industry is about 75 years old. That's something I wouldn't have guessed because it's, wow. it seems to me like this, a lot of the recycling, reusing type stuff, you know, that we hear about so like much today. The drive toward that. Yeah, 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 the push towards that. It seems a lot younger to me than, than 75 years. 75 but, uh, years. Kind of shocking, but I guess... I guess it's been done for a long time, and I would bet that that's a lot of melting down steel for, uh, you know, for new steel for for the, you know, the big automobiles. Might have been for war efforts too. Uh, you know what? You that might be it. Makes a lot of sense now. Uh, if you go back to you know World War Two mm-hmm. and the huge push for metal during that time, that's got to be it. Ben. You're that's right. that's probably it. Uh, the amount of hazardous fluids and oils that are reclaimed uh, by recyclers is equivalent to eight Exxon Valdez disasters every single year. That's a strange way to put that, but I guess it, it makes sense if you're, you know, into environmental concerns. You would understand, you know, the uh, the, the devastation that was uh, was um, wrought by that disaster, I guess. And and the amount that they claim every year is equivalent to eight of those every single year. So you get an impression or you get an idea of what could be going into the environment that is not because of yeah. these types of efforts. That's impressive. Oh, and I've got one that we haven't talked about, but you mentioned it. Brought it, brought it back to my mind. Right, what's I'm that? back in the game <laughs> uh, as far as recycling things. You're awake again. I'm, <laughs> I'm all, yeah, I'm awake again. <laughs> well, it's kind of a long list. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. Uh, I, I just wanted to get this out before I forgot. Auto glass, man. You know, people used to not be able to recycle auto glass because, uh, as you probably know, listeners, it's sandwiched between plastic, which is uh, you know partially safety feature. Mm-hmm. 
but technology has improved and a lot of the windshield replacement companies that you'll call uh, to either go to their store or they'll send the guy out. It's so cool when they send someone out. Oh, yeah. Have you ever seen it happen? Oh, yeah, right in the parking lot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, very cool. Um, so they will now, instead of just throwing this away, they can work with recycling companies to reuse this stuff as fiberglass insulation, glass bottles, of course, or even concrete blocks. There are 15 million windshields replaced each year in the U.S. I wonder if you... Can you get a used windshield? You know, is it possible? Uh, I mean, from a car that was wrecked, and uh, you know, if they, if they are able to take the windshield out cleanly, I would think that you can. You know what? How else would they have windshields for classic vehicles? I mean, they must come from a junkyard where they've got a, a good windshield. So that's that's one thing. I'm talking about maybe a more modern version, though. Let's say that yeah. you've got a, a 2008 Lexus, and you need a windshield, but... Yeah, that's a bad example. You're short on cash. You got a Lexus, but you're short on cash, and uh, you don't want to go for the full two hundred dollar new windshield. So you uh, you spend all your money on the down payment. <laughs> all right, that was a horrible example, but you under you, you get what I mean. I yeah, wonder, yeah. I wonder if you can find places that will uh, will sell you a used windshield. But would you really want a used windshield, anyways? I mean, with the pits and the and the scratching and stuff that's right, already on, wear it. on it, unless it's just really, I mean, brand new. Well, then also, you know, it's kind of a four-leaf clover search because we'd have to think about what kind of accident could render a vehicle a total loss or, you know, uh, something that the owner gave up on while the windshield was fine. Ah, good point. You know? Yeah, yeah. Okay, well... I mean, maybe if the engine cracks out, but... Yeah, you're right. I mean, the best use for it really is the other stuff that you're talking about, the insulation and the glass, you know, the bottles and stuff like that. And speaking of engines, this is cool. You know, you know of course, I, I uh, don't know if... Uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you have ever uh, rebuilt an engine or seen the process, uh, but it's it's so neat. I'll never forget. I, I think I've mentioned it on the air before, Scott. Um, when my dad bought his his old Kia Sophia oh, back yeah. from the dead. <laughs> yeah, that's right, Lazarus. Yeah, and he changed his name to Lazarus. Uh, my mother was scandalized because she just want, she thought it was time for that thing to go. <laughs> it's like a disposable know? lighter. He's like it's like he ref, <laughs> he refilled a disposable lighter. <laughs> Don't let him hear you say that. <laughs> no, I'm not, he doesn't listen to the show, does he? Uh probably <laughs> not anymore. Not after this. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, a few weeks ago he learned where all his hammers went to, so that's uh that's maybe why. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, we're we're at a we're at a very tense moment now, <laughs> hammer-wise. Uh all right. So, here's the thing though. Remanufactured engines, rebuilt engines, uh, due to the availability of more advanced materials nowadays, can sometimes be even more efficient than when they were originally built. How's that? I wouldn't have expected it. Huh. Well, they just have you know, better assembly techniques and more, like, material science is going to be leaps and bounds oh. ahead in some cases. Yes, you're right. Here's, here's one about aluminum that I found interesting. Yeah. About 90% of aluminum from a vehicle is recoverable and, and can be recycled. And although that amount of aluminum that comes from each vehicle only represents about 10% of the vehicle by weight, it accounts for nearly 50% of a vehicle's scrap value. Oh, so man. 10% of the weight of the car yeah. is aluminum, but it accounts for 50% of the value of that car as scrap. If there's aluminum components involved, I guess. Why do we become podcasters and not aluminum tycoons? I, I don't know. We really should get into the uh, the metal recycling business. This is not a like... rhetorical question. I think we should do this. <laughs> <laughs> Have I? T- there's a. I know I've mentioned this. I had to have. Uh, there's a uh, a metal recycling center near where I live. 
mm. that I've taken a couple of you know small trunk loads of material to. Yeah, I think it's run by the Russian mob. You have mentioned this. Yeah, one. are you I, are you sure? I, I'm still I'm still pretty darn sure. Yeah, what happened? Pretty darn sure. Did the guy have like crazy I, you know, tattoos? I, I, I've or talked about it. In the, uh, no, it's just it's just the the feeling that you get when you're there that you're so unwelcome and the the stares and the uh, uh, just the the feel. I mean, I it, I can't even explain it. You know what we need to do? I've got some metal in my garage. Yeah, someday, some weekend or something, maybe I can go pick you up and we can take a, a small load of metal up there and you can see for yourself. I'd I'd love it's, to. It's a strange strange place. Should I bring a Russian speaker with me? <laughs> I, I know I know some Russian speakers. <laughs> Well, why not? Why not? I guess, but uh, maybe that would even, you know, that might make it worse. Might huh? make it worse. Yeah, it might uh, might further the cause there. No, right? is this a place where they pay you by the pounds? It is, yeah. And so, you know, you bring in what you think is a lot of metal, and then they they have to write you a check. They can't give you cash. So the guy goes back into his room that is just, I mean, it's like a garage. Didn't you say he has a weird collection? He, he in does. His room? He has his he, he has maybe he has shelves every I don't know foot and a half on the wall uh-huh. and all the way around, like three sides. And as you walk in, his desk is in the middle, and he's facing you. You're at, you know, with this big door behind you, and all around him, surrounding him, on, on all these shelves are brass statues or or lamps or figures of some kind. Really, really strange. But they're all brass, and and they cover the walls. They're everywhere. They're hanging from yeah. the rafters. I wonder why he chose brass. I don't know. I, I mean, I guess you didn't really feel comfortable enough to ask him, huh? It, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he, he takes you into this room, and as you're standing there, you know, staring at this uh, this impressive display of brass. Yeah. Uh, he writes you your check for four dollars and four cents, and then sends you on the way. <laughs> and and you better not look around while you're there either. Maybe next time, you know, maybe you should do like an icebreaker thing. Like bring a gift. Bring him some, something, some brass well, thing. Well, I, I got into the main area one time, the big, uh, the big warehouse area. Yeah. And I don't know why. Some guy called me over to bring one piece of what I ever had to throw in a pile over there. And in that room, it was like this huge warehouse yeah. type room. Uh, in that room, there was like a big speedboat that was just laying on its side without a trailer. There was a motorcycle that was just kind of thrown in the corner. In fact, there were a bunch of motorcycles there. I mean, like rows of motorcycles that were kind of just piled up over in a corner. Uh-huh. Uh, just You find weird things like that. There was an old antique fire truck parked outside of there not long ago. So these are all vehicles. Uh, yeah, but later I did see that fire truck parked at the uh, at the local uh, fire station. Like you know, I think they're going to restore it maybe or something. Oh, cool. Maybe it was just parked there as a, yeah. as a favor or something. Uh, really strange place, though. We, we should... Go there, but with caution someday. Definitely not a chop shop, though, right? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. There's a lot of cars there, and I asked. <laughs> I asked about you know, can you buy anything there? And uh, well, anyways, there's a, how do we uh, start reci- uh, uh, How do we start talking about recycling? And now we have an appointment with the Russian mob. Well, they, they recycle. They recycle. You know what? That's good. They're uh, they're an import export business, Ben. Of, of legitimate businessmen. <laughs> you know what? Uh, I I would love I would love to check the place out. Uh, I'm going to bring something made of brass. Uh, no way we're taking cameras. No. Oh, no. absolutely no. Not. But no, we no, may no. talk about it. No. No. <laughs> all, right. Uh, all right. So another thing that can be recycled, assuming you uh, survive a run-in with the Russian mob, uh, would be your water pump. Water pumps are recycled. Yeah, uh, because they can be well, they can be remanufactured oh. and reused. Okay. So, so that's an angle we haven't talked about yet. I mean, this is a, this is an area for uh, this is where your used parts come from. Yeah, yeah, or remanufactured, like, parts. like remanufactured starters or alternators. Yeah, this is not the 
process that we were talking about with tires where they're used in a different MacGyver-esque way. Uh, this is just, this is, you know what this is? This is like someone who had shoes where the laces broke or the sole started to come off and then they get some new laces or they glue the sole back on and then they sell it for a lower price. Sure. Yeah. That's what this is. I've purchased remanufactured parts before and they work perfect. They're yeah, fine. Me too. Lower cost. And uh, and it's still you know they still come with a warranty, everything is fine with those parts. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I've ever purchased a remanufactured part that's failed me really. I mean, outside of when it normally would fail anyways, you know, uh, at the end of its life. Right, right. I'm I'm thinking back. Um, I've just never had bad luck with them. I've had I've had situation before where there was um, where where I got a, a remanufactured part and it seemed like it was. That the the part was failing, but what was actually going wrong, and this happens to everybody, is something else, something bigger, was uh, was leading to the original problem. Was it you? Yeah, it was me. It was <laughs> this me. There's trouble with the installation. Turns I don't out want to point to put the finger. gas in the car. You can't just splash it on the engine. <laughs> I'm teasing you, but something, yeah, I know, it's like plumbing or anything else, right? I mean, it seems like when you fix one thing, it's like something up the line breaks every time. It Every can time. happen. It can happen. You just got to be slow and steady. What's that old, uh, is it the old Amish saying where it's like work like you have a hundred years or something? Uh, I can't remember. I may be misquoting You're, you're asking me. I can't even get, you know, the uh, you know the, the, the common ones right. I always <laughs> get them backwards, so I don't know. <laughs> I, I'd screw it up. The common sayings. Um, yeah, I went through a phase with that where I was like, a bird in one hand, but you can't make it drink, because I was having a tough time remembering those things. But uh, luckily, we can recycle uh, these these uh, cliches over and over again. Boy, that was a bad segue. <laughs> anyway, plastic. We talked a little bit about plastic. Yeah, we've mentioned it, but uh, i i do want to I do want to do plastic justice in this because there is so much plastic around you right now if you if you look around wherever you're listening to this i'm almost certain you'll be able to see something that is made of plastic and your car is no different your gas tanks lights dashboards bumpers all this stuff can be shredded up and transformed into a new thing yeah pretty clever how they do it it's uh and you know it wasn't always that way they found new new methods to uh to use different uh, different types of plastics because there were some that could be recycled and some that couldn't be recycled and now it's pretty much uh, across the board that they can recycle just about any type of plastic on a car. Yeah. Just about. And it's it's strange when you think about how this stuff is evolving um, in in step with the new car technology. Well, they're building it so that it can be recycled and reused. That's the, mm. that's the whole point. I mean, I know that some of these big manufacturers here in the United States, Ford and GM and Chrysler and you know, Fiat and all these guys, they yeah. they they all develop uh, materials that can be uh, you know recycled and reused at the end of their their useful life, and they know that they 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 create them ahead of time with that knowledge, and and they don't uh, you know inject them with things that you know make them unusable mm-hmm. when that when that time frame end, frame ends, or um, maybe that's not the right way to say it. They don't inject them with something. Maybe they don't coat them <laughs> with uh, with materials that then is difficult to remove, or uh, they make it easy on themselves. Really, is what it, what they do. We shall build this car entirely of asbestos. Well, and also, you know, <laughs> asbestos, yeah. <laughs> but, but they they do use materials, and uh, you know, of course, uh, you know, sustainable materials now mm-hmm. is, a, is a big thing as well. So you know, you'll find 
I'm just going to make something up. Coconut fibers are used in, uh, you know, this type of plastic over here, and over here they use, you know, rice or whatever it is. I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't know exactly what they use. I, I've got a whole list of it somewhere uh, from a long time ago. That I knew that Ford was working on uh, some some sustainable materials inside their cars for just about every surface. Really, it was pretty interesting stuff. Um, but uh, but it's really it sh- it shows you how much forethought goes into this how much uh, how much they really think about it ahead of time mm-hmm. now versus back then and, and having to then later kind of backwards engineer a solution to uh, to get that material back again and now they create it ahead of time just knowing that you know we'll be able to use this someday again many times yeah i wonder if we're ever going to get to a point where there will be a vehicle available uh for purchase that is entirely made of recycled products Entire, like 100% recycled? Well, yeah, wait, you're right. Let's say 90%. <laughs> yeah, it's possible, sure. It's possible. I wonder what it would look like, what it would be. Uh, I don't think it would be that great. I think, it, you know, it would be nice if it w- worked, but I wouldn't expect very, I wouldn't expect high performance out of it. It'd be like a, a matte finish, plastic exterior, yeah. kind of rough. You know, am, I, then, am I just prejudiced I against recycled you, stuff? You probably are because I bet they could do some pretty slick things with them right now. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm guessing that you know, with with the way that they use recycled material already in interiors, you know, for mm-hmm. for dashboards or seats or whatever it is, um, you don't notice that right now as being exceptionally cheap or anything. It's just they say, you know, this this material is made with eighty five percent recycled materials. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you or know, this product I should say that makes me think of. The Tata Nano, once again, <laughs> the world's cheapest new car. So you could see something like that being a 100% recycled material vehicle. Yeah, I'm wondering. I'm wondering if, first off, if it would be cost effective or worthwhile to build it. If there, were, surely there would be a market for it. There would be there. There have to be at least a few people who would want, for one reason or another, to have a. 100% recycled vehicle. Sure. I'm not one of them. The but people I'm sure that hang out at that club you go to. <laughs> the near the bus. You know, the, near the, the guy in the bus, he wants one. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, it was a dirty bus. It was such a cool idea, though. Yeah, it was a cool idea. Yeah. So uh, we are going to uh, head out, and while we are planning uh, next week's episode, and while we are planning our rise in the uh, metal recycling uh, industry, right? I don't know if we're competing with the Russian mob. I don't know if I can uh, if I can do it. Yeah, it might it's be a tough game turf. to get into. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, you're right. It's going to be a turf war. We're going to have to do some guerrilla recycling. <laughs> uh, so at the very beginning, so uh, wish us luck with that. We'll try not to get shot. Um, and uh, in the meantime, uh, you can check out our other podcast on related subjects at our website, carstuffshow.com. We've got stuff on the uh, VOCs that are responsible for new car smell. Um, we have some stuff on what happens to a car when its days are done. Uh, you know, this made me think of our older episode on car crushers. Oh, yeah, car crushers and shredders. Yeah, the oh. shredders are the crazy ones. Oh, those things. Oh, by the way, that's where the other 14% of these cars go, is in the shredders. Yeah. Uh, you can so, tell, I think people can hear the italics in our voices when we're saying the shredders. Oh, yeah. 
watch some videos, you won't believe what those shredders can do. Yeah, you can check them out on YouTube. And, not not uh, just cars, but everything. Pretty I mean, much anything. 55-gallon barrels. Uh, mm-hmm. and just uh, You know what? I don't want to ruin it. There's a lot of stuff to get shredded. That you, you can just, like, throw a boat in one. Yeah, they're, they're scary. Uh, and, and you can see them from the safety of your computer screen. Or I guess you could... You know, if you're persuasive, you could go talk someone into showing you one, but stay back. Uh, do not lean over that thing. At all. No, no way. Um, and Go with someone you trust. <laughs> like, really trust. Uh, and uh, in the meantime, if you have a suggestion for a show, uh, we'd love to hear it. You can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Facebook. And if you would like to write to us directly, we are Car Stuff at HowStuffWorks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at HowStuffWorks.com. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let Mom's Green Thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give Mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Viking. Committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, cultural enrichment, and all-inclusive fares. Discover more at Viking.com. What do the most successful growing businesses have in common? They're working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Grow your business in Slack. Visit Slack.com to get started.